if we're not getting nutrients and minerals in to maintain the electrolyte balance for our blood, the calcium, the potassium, the magnesium, the sodium, then where are we getting it from? Welcome to Waste Away, the intermittent fasting podcast. If you want to learn how to lose weight for life through intermittent fasting, burn fat, heal your thyroid and autoimmune issues, and break the bondage of food, then this podcast is for you. I'm Chantal Ray, author of Waste Away, the Chantal Ray Way, and each week I have different guests answering your questions. If you haven't had a chance to pick up your copy of Waste Away, visit ChantalRayWay.com slash podcast and you'll automatically get 20% off the book, audiobook, recipe book, coaching, and Inner Circle Facebook group. Remember, the thoughts and opinions in this podcast do not constitute medical advice. Hey guys, Aaron here. Before we get started, I just wanted to remind you that you can find our full podcast episodes on our YouTube channel. Not only do you get to see Chantel and our guests, but you also get to see any charts, graphs, or pictures that we may mention. Search Chantel Ray Way on YouTube or click the link in the show notes. And if you would like daily accountability as well as a resource with lots of helpful tips about Chantel's intermittent fasting lifestyle, head on over to ChantelRayWay.com slash coaching. As always, enjoy the show. Hi guys, welcome to this week's episode, and we are so excited. Today we have Dr. Anna Kabeka. She is a triple board certified Emory University trained physician, and she's a hormone expert. And she is our guest today. She's got a new book, The Hormone Fix, and it's available today. Um, We're so excited, and welcome, Dr. Anna. Hey, thanks so much for having me, Chantel. Great to be here with you. So tell us, oh, I just found out that you were just interviewing with Rachel Ray the other day, and here you are with Chantel Ray. That's so funny. Rachel Ray Magazine, Rachel Ray Magazine, not Rachel Ray. (laughs) Oh, okay, gotcha. That's so funny. Magazine, yeah. Tell us a little bit about your health journey and and what kind of drove you into being so passionate about hormones? Yeah, so, you know, I've always been passionate about women's health, ever since I can remember. My mom struggled with her health, but then I hit menopause myself at age 38 after a traumatic um, event in our family that, that shocked us all, and I was diagnosed completely menopausal, and was told I would never be able to have another child and you know really once we're diagnosed with early menopause we don't expect to be able to reverse it but that's exactly what I did and age age 41 I was able to conceive a healthy baby spontaneously and and that's yeah she's now 11 she's now 11 years old and um 50 I'll be 53 this year and um it's a child there's the good challenges of life right but so um yeah, so that happened at age 38. And other things at that time, too, health challenges. I've, I've been over 240 pounds. You know, I've had tremendous hair loss, you know, had fatigue, depression, loss of energy, and really struggled. And so as part of my personal journey, you know, like there was there was that um, eye-awakening moments. Like, I can't live like this. I don't want to struggle like I've seen so many of my patients struggle or family members struggle with my mom needing heart surgery at the age I am right now. She had heart surgery and diabetes and hypertension and, and the list goes on. And I saw too many women struggle and I didn't want it for myself. 
And so that led me on a journey too to really find the key ways we can empower our bodies so that we can have the quality of life that we've dreamed of. That's awesome. Now, in your book, you talk about the keto diet, and we've had a couple of great guests talk about keto, but your spin's a little different because you call it the keto green way, which brings alkalinity into the picture. And I know there's a lot of grumbling and controversy because, you know, blood pH doesn't change much. Will you explain this? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, one of the things that, you know, probably the most um, important finding in my nearly 30 years of clinical experience, Chantel, is that it takes more than hormones to fix our hormones, right? And women in general are pretty confused about what's happening with our bodies and our hormones, let alone how to fix it. And, and, and even with the training I've had, even with the education, I struggled to, to fix myself. And it was part of this journey. So a key component that I recognized was always in my practice as a functional medicine doc that really helped me reverse menopause the first time. Then I went into menopause again at 48, but um, was the alkalinity factor, right? But then when menopause hit me at, at 48, it was that same thing that so many of my patients experience. They'd come in and they'd say, you know, Dr. Anna, I'm gaining 5, 10, 20 pounds, and I'm not doing anything different. And I'd be like, right. You know, <laughs> sure you're not, right? I'm like, maybe you're just not going outside as much. Maybe you need to, you know, decrease your plate size a little bit more. I mean, you know, what could it, you know, there's got to be something. And because your thyroid's normal and got your hormones balanced. Lo and behold, when that happened to me, and I hit 48, and again, another metabolic stall, and I gained 5, 10, 20 pounds, essentially overnight. And honestly, I wasn't doing anything different. And so I was like, what's going on? So first thing I said, well, I've got to really fix this. And I know the research behind ketogenic diets, and I've used them periodically in my with my patients in my practice, especially if they had neurologic issues. And both the one thing I noted with my perimenopausal patients or with myself, anytime I try to restrict carbohydrates, was what I like to call keto crazy. And, and many call experience keto, you know, keto flu, but really irritability hitting a wall. And, um, and not getting the benefits that we really want. And I looked into this to see what's going on. It just drove me to test my urine and say, okay, well, you know, what's happening with my urinary pH now? And, and lo and behold, my urinary pH was acidic, acidic, acidic. And that was like, okay, well, let's, that explains a lot because then, you know, there can be underlying inflammatory markers can be climbing. It can be just irritability. My, um, neurotransmitters don't have enough nutrients to function properly, essentially. So I, um, I looked into the research, and there was one study way back from 1924 that looked at combining um, alkalinity with ketosis and studied it in an animal model looking at uh, urinary uh, ketones. And it was quite interesting. That was my aha moment for me. It's like, okay, we got to put these two together. And, um, and you're absolutely right. There is grumbling. People say alkaline myth. I'm not talking about our blood pH. Believe me, as a physician, 
and treating many patients in the ER, let alone obstetric and gynecologic emergency rooms and operating rooms. If I have a patient who's not doing well, we check arterial blood gas. We stick a needle into the artery and draw that blood that's coming as fresh from the heart as possible and measure that pH. Because the pH of our body fluids are different all through our body. Our venous pH is different. Our stomach acids are different pH. Vaginal pH is different. Skin pH is different. I mean, it obviously it makes sense. And if the, the organ doesn't have the proper pH, it's diseased, right? So it makes sense. There's no questioning about it from my point of view. We're not talking about blood pH, but something interesting to, met, to note, if we're not getting nutrients and minerals in to maintain the electrolyte balance for our blood, the calcium, the potassium, the magnesium, the sodium, then where are we getting it from? You know, certainly from our bones, certainly from our muscles. Wow, that is really, you know... I, I really have never even thought about that. So when you're talking about your urine pH, are you talking about like if I went on Amazon right now, I could get some like pH test strips, like a universal application and literally just take it and pee on it and check the pH of my urine and see where it's at. Is that what you're suggesting? Yeah, absolutely. And um, and you can get from any health food store, pharmacy, urine pH strips or pH strips. And they come in rolls too. Uh, Hydrion paper, we talk about that. I created urine pH and ketone. They're called keto pH test strips. I'm going to measure both on one device, which makes it easy. And again, inexpensive for pennies a day. You can use this as a kind of thermostat to see how you're doing with your nourishment and lifestyle. Because we know it's not just about what we eat. Stress plays a factor in creating more acidic urine. And, you know, throughout time, we look at the urine, we study the urine for organic acids, functional tests, look at urinary um, urine samples to look at hormones, to look at organic acids, to look at how your body's functioning. Why should, why can't we not look at this as a simple marker to help us, guide us in customizing but based on our unique chemistry and environment, a plan that works exactly for us. And that's what I lay out in my book, The Hormone Fix. And I do it with guidelines and a 10-day detox and 21 additional days of menu plus the lifestyle tips. But that's what I want. I want people to be aware of what exactly is happening to them and their body with what they're doing. That's awesome. And your website is absolutely amazing, by the way. I love it. It's just got like these boxes and it's so easy. And one of the boxes that you have on there is brain fog. And so we definitely get a lot of our listeners that are constantly complaining about brain fog. In your opinion, if you said, hey, these are my top three things that when someone comes to me and they're complaining about brain fog issues what would you say, hey, these are my, my three things that I'd say, I'd be, because probably it's either A, B, or C, what would you respond to that? Yeah, I would definitely say um, brain fog, weight gain, and lack of energy. Right, but, but would you say like, would you say the brain fog, would you say, okay, this is, um, more of a thyroid issue or would you say this is more of an estrogen dominance issue or is this you know what I'm saying yeah sorry I didn't understand I didn't 
understand the question. So the reasons for brain fog, so typically there's a few things. Inflammation can cause brain fog. Increased cortisol from stress and even prolonged suppressed cortisol from long-term stress can cause brain fog. And estrogen, as estrogen declines naturally in our body in the perimenopause and menopause, you know, we can get, we can certainly get brain fog. And one of the things that was an aha moment for me, because as I put myself and, and now thousands of women in my online programs onto my keto green way of doing things, one of the things that they always talk about is that they feel the fog has lifted, that they mm. feel that clarity. And I dug into the research, even just this last year, really looking to understand why is that happening? Well, I mean, it, it turns out that um, gluconeogenesis or the ability, so our brain either will use glucose for fuel or ketones for fuel. So, and we'll compare that fuel source as glucose is to gasoline as ketones are to jet fuel. I think that's a good example, right? Oh, I so like ketones, that. Yeah, ketones are a powerful source of energy. And so what was happening, I called it energized enlightenment when we get this keto green, get alkaline and getting ketosis at the same time. I called it energized enlightenment. That's what I felt. My brain fog melted away. I had clarity focused. And I also experienced something biblically is called the peace that surpasses all understanding. At a time in my life where everything was going crazy, we were dealing with hurricanes, I had five moves, I was running an online program, I had the peace that surpassed all understanding. And, and that's what happens when you improve your physiology to really optimize it for you. And so estrogen is a gluco, so gluconeogenesis is an estrogen dependent pathway in the brain. So it makes sense too, just like as we get older, we're losing that estrogen. We're not using glucose as a fuel as well. So let's use ketones. So, I, you know, I definitely recommend um, on a regular basis working to getting into ketosis, but even intermittently getting into ketosis really works. Like awesome. with intermittent fasting, right? Yes. So this is the intermittent fasting podcast. And so we love to talk about fasting. Um, what is your opinion on fasting? The doing intermittent fasting? With my program, I highly recommend intermittent fasting. So at least 12 and a half to 15 hours between dinner and breakfast, uh, working to get that 15 hours um, as much on a regular basis as possible. But by ending dinner earlier, right? Not skipping breakfast, skipping lunch and not that, but ending dinner earlier so that our when we go to sleep, our body's not digesting a full moon, you know, a full meal, and instead our body can restore, rejuvenate, you know, revitalize, can anti-age while we sleep if our body's not having to spend its resources, energy, ATP molecules in digesting. Hey guys, we absolutely love getting your questions into the podcast, but we're also interested in your journey. So if you've started intermittent fasting and have some success or even struggling a little bit, we want to hear about it. Email me your intermittent fasting stories to Chantel at ChantelRayWay.com. Now back to the show. Awesome. So let's talk about sex for just a second. And I want you to talk about just sexual health. And, you know, obviously some of the people who are listening might not be having sex, but um, let's talk about regardless to women, whether how much sex they're having or not, 
sex can be a very important part of the health equation. And so if you have people who have a low libido, what would you say to them? So I would say we need to look at the cause why. And first, there's a couple things that, and I talk about this in my book. I have a whole chapter on sexual health. I am a gynecologist after all, right? A hormone and sexual health expert. So, um, and this has been an area of, of interest for a long time. It goes back to um, being in my medical practice, even my first week out of Emory University, coming to a small town in Georgia, because I was a National Health Service Corps scholar, so I had to do rural medicine or some underserved population. So that's how I ended up where I am now. I said, okay, I can live here for three years. I've been there 20 years. I absolutely love my, my home area now. And um, one of my first patients to come in was this 63-year-old, 5'10", silver-haired CEO of a biotech company. And she came in and she said, Dr. Anna, I've been waiting months to see you. Heard you were coming from Emory. And let me tell you, I'm 63 years old. I have no sex drive. I have no libido. I have suffering with vaginal dryness. Can't bear to have sex with my husband. And let me tell you, I'm a woman of the 60s, and I'd rather die than live this way. Help me. I was like, whoa. Well, her history was she had ductal carcinoma in situ of the breast, and so no one would give her estrogen or any other hormones. And so I went into my doctor's seriously, like my first week in medical practice. I looked at my doctor's bag, and I looked, and I looked, and I looked, and I really didn't have anything. So I went back to the research and to see what can I give someone who's had breast cancer, even though ductal carcinoma in situ is not breast cancer, I still wanted to see what's the safest way I can help this patient. So I looked at vaginal estrogen. Even vaginal estrogen is considered, shows safety and efficacy, so it works in women. In fact, it can decrease other medical conditions and decrease the um, uh, early, early death. We say decreases morbidity and mortality in, in patients who have had breast cancer and are using vaginal estrogen. I was like, uh-huh, and what about testosterone? And at that time, you know, there was research being done on very little research being done in testosterone in women. And, and looking at DHEA and testosterone, I looked at the research based on you know, what we had. And I was like, well, these seem like safe options. And I spoke with my client about it. We actually consulted Jennifer Berman, Jennifer and Laura Berman. They're from St. Simons Island. So I uh, connected with them and asked for their current research. And it, you know, so I was able to use testosterone and DHEA in this woman and improve her quality of her life, her vaginal health, and um, sexual function, and also that improves the quality of her relationship, at least with herself, right? Which is so important, feeling like, okay, I'm not just withering up and, and dying here. And so many of my clients say the same thing, we'll restore the sexual health aspect um, hormonally, nutritionally, because it's so important to have the healthy nutrition dialed in as well that that's a really, uh, you know, super good combination. But more than that, you know, as we restore vaginal health, that helps um, decrease some of the secondary reasons why women have no libido. Because if you have pain every time you do something, why would you want to do it, right? Well, that's what happens with vaginal dryness, with this discomfort. And 
you know, subconsciously or discharge or odor or infection afterwards, urinary tract infections even after intercourse. So why would we want to if that's our, you know, if that's what we get as a kickback, right? That's not pleasant. So we have to heal those things. And the third thing I want to mention is that when we women have a natural secondary desire. So the first step is to be receptive and certainly like manage stress, get in the right mindset, but to be receptive. So following not the Masters and Johnson's linear sexual response scale, which is like, uh, which is really like um, for men, but looking at there's a study published by Bassan, he looked at the circuitous nature, right? The winding roads of a woman's sexual response. And I call it like the game of Candyland. So if you can remember the game of Candyland, you can get that visual of the Candyland board game. You know that sometimes you get stuck in the mud, sometimes you go back to beginning, and sometimes you get ice cream cone, right? So that's it's all, all good. That's all that's all normal for women. So Secondary response, once we get started, like when the foreplay, the petting, the increase that naturally increases oxytocin, then we're like, I'm all in. That's funny. So let me ask you this. This is a strange question, but I just am curious. So when when I first got married, I mean, obviously me and my husband had a lot of sex. And so I, I was getting um, like uh, urinary tract infections. I got them like twice. And then someone told me, they said, if the second that after you have sex, you just go pee, like right after you have sex, no matter what, like drink water and go out, go, you'll never get another urinary tract infection again. And my girlfriend gave me that advice. And I've, that, I've honestly, every time we have sex, like it's almost like a joke. Like we'll have sex and I'll be like, all right, I got to go to the bathroom. And like I dash to the bathroom and like I go pee. And ever since I've never had a urinary tract infection ever. So do you think that that's true, that that is the secret? I mean, it's worked for me, but I don't know if it's medically correct or not. No, absolutely. Definitely to clear out any bacteria that have been introduced because we have our vagina has bacteria, skin on the penis, of course, there's bacteria. So during intercourse, that can be introduced into the urethra. So where we pee from. So just by flushing that out, it's perfect. Another thing for clients who have urinary, frequent urinary tract infections, always increase their vitamin C and probiotic. So two other, two other things that can, that can help. Yeah. Okay, awesome. And now let me ask you, I looked on your website and you have this cream and you've got this called, it's called Jolva, is that right? Is that Jolva? Um, and you put it on your vulva, right? <laughs> it's the Jolva that you put on the vulva. So talk to us about this. Yeah, yeah, I would definitely encourage listeners too to look at the testimonials on the website because it's really just heartwarming to see, you know, how we can reignite individuals and improve the quality of life very simply. Well, one of the things was, um, you know, when I retired my clinical practice in 2014, 2015, um, so many of my clients were like, hey, you know, we need, we need help. We're, you know, we can't get our vaginal prescriptions filled anymore. Um, what can you do to help me? And, and so I thought about it. I'm like, I have an anti, I had an anti-aging skincare cream in the past. And I was like, well, I can create a topical anti-aging cream for the vulva. I mean, why not? We have it for our eyes, for our lips. And, you know, really, for, you know, our, our feminine bits are the most important part of our body. We have to keep that healthy because that decreases the quality of our life. 
more than so much else, right? Mm -hmm. So I created this anti-aging feminine cream and you apply it from clitoris to anus, keep all that tissue healthy once a day, just a pea size amount, approximately a half ml. And, um, and it works as an anti-aging cream for the vulva. And we get a lot of great responses, like the decrease in vaginal dryness, the improvement, improvement in sexual function, pleasure, enjoyment. Yeah. That is awesome. Well, we need to definitely give one of our listeners that Jolva cream. That's going to be like a huge hit on Facebook. Would you be willing to give one of those away? Sure, um, absolutely. We'll give a whole Yeah, All 69 right, give- supply of Jolva. Okay, let's do that. And let's also give a copy of your book. Well, one lucky person, uh, if they share and like that post on our Facebook page. And uh, I wanted to ask you, you know, I ask all my guests, what are, what does your diet look like? Like, is there any foods that's kind of off limits to you? Um, like, what did you kind of eat yesterday? And what does your diet look like? What do you love to eat? Yeah, yeah, well, I'm in New York City right now. So I'm really enjoying myself. So this morning I had a, um, a from a smoothie bar because you have them. I just had a green a green juice concoction this morning, and um, did it have any fruit in it or just greens? Just all greens. It was celery, kale, um, cucumber, ginger. Mm, yeah, pretty um, sure that that's what that was, and. Um, yeah, so I typically don't do straight juice. I always do my smoothie. I blend it up because I want all the extra fiber too. Yes. But now I'm in New York. And so I also had some pecans. So I always think healthy fat, protein, and greens as a part of a meal combination. So uh, last night, we went to this beautiful Middle Eastern restaurant. So we had baba ganoush, which is mm-hmm. um, eggplant with tahini. It was delicious. Mm-hmm. And some and some uh, beautiful. It's called kibinaya, which is just um, fresh gra- fresh meat. So um, so that was good. And then salad. We had a tabbouleh salad without the uh, wheat, without the cracked wheat in it, and awesome. that was a perfect dinner. So typically, we I always think a portion of healthy fats, high quality protein. And lush and greens, whatever mm-hmm. I can do for the, you know, alkalinizers are our vegetables and our fruits, but fruits have too much sugar in them. How much fruit do you, how much fruit would you say that you actually eat? So I eat very little, but like now again, while I'm traveling um, here at the hotel yesterday morning, I had a, um, um, you know, I had smoked salmon and I had, you know, capers and onions and some kimchi that were on the uh, beautiful buffet bar. And then I had four blueberries. I'm like, I get four blueberries. <laughs> so a small amount, a small amount, but yeah. Awesome. Well, let's end today by just saying, I know you talk a lot in your book about anti-aging and aging gracefully, but if you could tell uh, women, let's end with three things that kind of helps them to age gracefully. What would you say? So, um, you know, actually, and, and in my blog coming out this week, I talk about it in detail, the steps that really helped me. And the, you know, the first thing is to pause and um, just take a moment and really figure out where you are right now. Because a lot of times we just keep busy so we can avoid what we need to deal with. Or we are so busy that we don't see what's necessary to create an improvement in the quality of our lives. So we pause. 
And the second thing is pray, you know, is to pray, is to meditate and pray and be really clear on, on what we want versus what we need and to listen to that in those times of silence and I would say contemplative prayer that we can listen to that small still voice that's within us because there's a lot of wisdom in that voice you know that often you'll say oh yeah I, I, I thought so or I knew so but you know I didn't act on it or I was you know had this intuition but I didn't pay attention to it well I want I want us to pay attention because that's so critical to hear. So pause, pray, and then prioritize. Prioritize what matters most to you in your life. I have my clients in my online programs, and I talk about this in my book, but simply ask yourself, what am I so glad that I did yesterday? That's what we want to do more of in our lives. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, if you haven't had a chance to go to her website, we will put it in the show notes. Um, they ha- She's got some amazing programs. Oh, yeah, we definitely have to. The Hormone Fix is her new book. And you're so lucky because you get to hear about it firsthand. It's coming out today. Uh, so go on Amazon right now and order it. And on her website, they've got she's got some amazing programs, Magic Menopause, Sexual CPR, and Women's Restorative Health. So Dr. Anna, thanks so much for joining us today. It's been an absolute pleasure and tons of fun. Likewise. Thanks so much for having me, Chantel, and for all your listeners and viewers. Thank you. Thank you. And if you have a question that you want answered, go to questions at ChantelRayway.com. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Hey guys, thanks for listening to today's podcast. If you enjoy the podcast, it would mean the world to us for you to leave a review on iTunes to get this podcast out to others that may have the same questions that you do. And as always, if you have a question that you want answered, email those to questions at ChantelRayway.com. And if you would like daily accountability as well as a resource with lots of helpful tips about Chantel's intermittent fasting lifestyle, head on over to ChantelRayway.com coaching. Thanks again, and we'll see you next time.